Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this installment of our Brandon Sanderson series. We hope you'll join us by clicking on the Reading Challenge link at our website, thelegendariumpodcast.com, or to keep it simple, just send us your thoughts on the books on our website, on Facebook, or on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and welcome to The Legendarium. Hey, this is Brandon Sanderson, author of Mistborn. Welcome to The Legendarium! I can't hear anything in the headphones. Oh, that's right. That's because your headphones aren't on. Oh, uh, now I can hear things Go ahead and shut headphones. that door again. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Uh, good. Shall we podcast then? Oh, let's. Welcome back to the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig Hanks, your host with... Not the most, necessarily, but at least a pretty good amount. Uh, and with me... Why don't we ever insult Craig? Because Craig takes care of that himself. Uh, with me, he is nuttier than trail mix and complains a lot more on a hike. It's Ryan Bruckman. Yes, but the M&Ms are so worth it. And he loves mud, r- mud races, so he's a dirty old man who's obviously running away from something. It's Ken Johnson. I'm just trying to survive. And based solely on appearances, we'd have to say he's the descendant of goats and unicorns. It's Todd Wente. Horns, horns everywhere. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so. One's dirty, one's horny. <laughs> horns, goats, unicorns, goats, unicorns. You had to take it there. I did. You had to take it Mine. there. No, no, no. Yeah. He didn't take it there. Our listeners took it there, though. Yes. I'm absolutely sure. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, wow. Let's talk about Mistborn, you Filthy old men. Oh, oh my man. gosh. You guys are terrible. Okay, so today we are talking Bands of Mourning. I, I desperately wish that I could say that we were wrapping up a series, uh-uh. but we're not. Uh, we very foolishly started reading this with, uh, with the series left undone. Um, How many years are we going to have to wait <laughs> for well, the next book? The thing next is, year, the thing is yeah, he, he releases books really quickly. The only problem is that he's also juggling about eight different series. Right? And so, yeah. so and you so never here quite we know are what's coming out next. With this moment where our heads are no longer completely connected to our bodies. Big gaping holes in the back Let's, of my brain. We'll, we'll get there in just a moment. Before we do, I'll do a couple quick announcements. Uh, you've heard me say it time and time again. Please join the Brandon Sanderson Reading Challenge at worldswithoutend.com or the faster way to get there, or I should say the easier way, is to go to thelegendariumpodcast.com and click on the banner link to the challenge page right there mm-hmm. on the front uh, you can't miss it. Uh, click over and you can join the challenge. Do it either officially or unofficially. I don't care. Just as long as we hear from you, we would love to. <laughs> so you can go to the forum page and uh, at Worlds Without End and chat with us there. Uh, we're having a lot of fun interacting with folks there. Uh, or you can obviously go on Facebook, Twitter, uh, or my new personal favorite. And here's the other announcement. Imzy. You've heard me talk about it before. Uh, if you follow the podcast pretty closely. If not, then this could be the first for you imzy.com imzy.com slash legendarium this is a new community platform so it's uh it's akin to a social media platform the difference is that this is not for narcissists uh, this is for communities <laughs> but they let us both in anyway <laughs> right, right. so it, it's not about you you'll create a little profile uh, but it's not like Facebook where it's it's all about you and your photos and your whatnot. It, it, it's all about the community, and we are having a ball there over the last couple of weeks interacting with uh, many of you uh, at IMSI. And so we want the rest of you to join as well. And I have a little incentive for you. If you join IMSI between now and the end of the day on April 10th, 
Uh, I will put your name into a drawing for a hardbound signed copy of Bands of Mourning. Now, it's definitely signed by us, the uh, panelists of the Legendarium podcast, but today I'm on a quest to go get it signed by Brandon Sanderson as well. And so I'm going to make that happen. Uh, so you'll get a very cool copy of the Bands of Morning. All you need to go, all you need to do, is go to imzy.com/legendarium and ask for an email invite to the beta. This is a closed beta, so you do need an uh, an email invite. Uh, and I'll get that email address. I'll throw it in the hat, and then on April 11th, I will take a name out of that hat, and we will send you a book. Uh, and so even if you don't get the book, it's a fun little closed beta where we get to uh, help shape what this community platform will look like. And uh, we'd love to have you there to come just, hang out. We just don't want to see any of your dinner pictures. Well, I mean, it, it may be we do if it has something to has do something with to fantasy do with, yeah, or science fiction. Exactly. So. Yes, if it happens to be the second breakfast or maybe Elevensies. <laughs> there you go. Some blue milk. Or Zelda related. <laughs> All right. So we do need to talk about Bands of Mourning. I'm very excited about this. You guys want the intro? We so don't we can need get, to. We, so we get, get going to. On do, the inf- do, do the intro. Do the All intro. All right. Steven Spielberg needs to read this book. <laughs> he, he and Harrison Ford are teaming up for yet another movie, and this one I think should be called Indiana Jones and the Bands of Mourning. Seriously, this one felt a lot like an Indiana Jones movie, and that is not a bad thing. No. Wax, Wayne, Marcy, and the new and improved version of Steris head out on a race against an evil cult to reach an object of immense power that really ought not be in the wrong hands. Sound familiar? Uh, yeah, it's an Indiana Jones movie, basically. They are searching... It's every Indiana Jones movie, exactly. basically. Yeah. They're searching for the bands of mourning, the bracers the Lord Ruler wore during his life and imbued with almost limitless power. We learned uh, we learn that while fairy chemical metal mines are normally tied to the identity of the one who filled them, the Lord Ruler seems to have cracked the code, so to speak, and removed that identity requirement from his bands. In real-world terms, this revelation is something along the lines of when scientists thought the atom was the smallest thing in existence, and then they split it open, and this whole mess of crap came tumbling out. In other words, as Joe Biden might say, this is a big effing deal. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you just included politics in our podcast. I always do. Anyway, the team of good guys defeats the team of bad guys, but not before Wax rescues and is betrayed by his sister. They meet a new race of people from the other side of the world who fly airships, and Wayne falls in love with Melan the Chandra. Oh, who and, doesn't? Come and on. Wax and Steris finally get married after what I consider to be a really uh, very well done little love story. Yes. Anyway, we're left with a final image and a final mystery. The statue, or sorry, the Bands of Mourning, as it turned out, had been remade into a piece of a statue of the Lord Ruler. The statue, as it turned out, was actually of Kelsier. The epilogue ends with with Kelsier seemingly walking once more among the living. And I am so excited. Did, How about you guys? Did we say spoiler alert? Oh, if, if you haven't if, read if this. If you haven't read yeah. the book. <laughs> spoiler. Sorry, we just, we just spoil it for you. Don't care. <laughs> At this point, too bad. Oh, yeah. man. So uh, if your head exploded like mine just did. There is yeah, so, so much deep in this book. Uh, if... Uh, Obviously, you guys don't know what's going on before we turn on the mics, and it's only audio, so you couldn't see it. But Todd was literally reading the last 15 pages of the book right before we hit the record button. So it was a lot of fun to watch him go through that. It was a lot of fun for them. They kept saying, don't disturb him, don't disturb him. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, Do we want to do the ending first or uh, go through some of the rest of the book? What do you think, Ryan? Let's go... 
look, let's just get it out of the way. There's a lot <laughs> okay. to talk about, um, and this is a very big deal. Yep. But we'll do ourselves a disservice if we short if we don't give ourselves enough time to talk about it later. So, okay. Kelsier, yeah, he's alive. Guess what? Uh, surprise! Oh, surprise! Um, so, and there's the, a lot of different about him. The oh, the question, yeah. the question we have to ask is, what does this mean? What does it mean that Kelsier's still here? I I don't know what it means. I don't think we have a good clear answer yet, but I think that there are some some things that we can imply based on what we read. Um, I don't. Todd, you seem to have. I uh, well, I think one of the things that 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 this seems to imply. Um, at the time that the world was being recreated, um, Cezed had some interesting powers and abilities. I'm wondering if part of that, because of the relationship between Cezed and Kelsier, was that Cezed made the choice to reanimate Kelsier, but did it incompletely. The answers to that um, you will get in Secret History. Okay. Um, so, so I don't want to ruin that for you. I don't want to ruin that and say yes or no. Um, but for those... That's how everything has been with this Wait with this until process. book three. Yeah. Well, wait until Secret History, man. Just, it's a quick <laughs> read. Seriously, wait until Secret History. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta... I gotta so you know what I'm going to be downloading when I go home tonight. Oh, yeah. But I, I think that you could imply that. I think that there's some other things, um, depending on how long Kelsier has been around uh, without delving into secret history depending on how long he's been around he's probably had more of an effect than we realize you figure that the coin that they found mm-hmm. that's a metal mind or a is it a metal mind it's copper, a metal copper mind, mind. Copper yeah. mind. Yeah. well that would be a copper specific piece right well, metal, it's, any metal it's a metal mind it. yeah yeah um that has his uh imprint on it the spike through the eye obviously there's a statue here uh, there's an entire people who have been saved by him he has been busy he has been active doing things so what does that, uh, that, that's my question is like, okay, what has his purpose been? And if you remember back to Alloy of Law, when Marsh turns to Marisy and says, Kelsier, or yeah, he's out, he's about my brother's work. Yeah. We kind of, we had a discussion about that. Like, well, what was Kelsier's work? Oh well, yeah, Well, guess that's what? Right. And we, thought, we don't know well, Yeah, <laughs> we, we talked about it like he was referring to what Kelsier did in, in the, the first, in the first yeah. series, book. but not about what's going on now. But now that he's out doing other things, we don't know. Has, we don't know has what that his means. work changed, or has it stayed or, the same? Because it, it yeah. will be based on the based on the ending scene that we saw. He's still spending his time among the downtrodden, among the people that are being forgotten, among the people that are poor, um, and finding ways to help move them forward. There was a line in the book that I marked earlier that said, "Survivorism, therefore, was not about winning, but about lasting as long as you could before you lost." That How is does that what a, change? What a line and what a great um, allusion to, well, a lot of different things. Northern religion specifically. I mean, real world, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah Viking, absolutely. Viking but stuff. now how does that, I mean, all of a sudden the Take, dynamic changes now that, you know, the survivor is surviving. Take the, that into real life. I mean, let's, let's break that down to the most basic level of real life. You can't escape death. So right. if you're going to follow this, you know, let's say you wanted to to us take on survivorism, it, that fight, what you're living now is doing as much as you can before you go. That's a very real world principle that you can apply to yourself. Right. If, if you you don't have to necessarily be like, you know, well, I'm going to follow this God or whatever. If you just simply want to say, I'm going to do good while I'm here before before I'm taken by the inevitable death, then congratulations. You now right. have a Kelsey or survivorism mentality. It's, right. it's almost again, like Brandon you know, Sanderson takes us to level three of my novel <laughs> reading processes. It, it reminded me a little bit of reading uh, the Iliad when uh, uh, what, what's uh, Brad Pitt's character? 
<laughs> Achilles. <laughs> when Achilles, his whole the, the his whole reason for being yeah, shut up, Todd. Um, you knew what I was talking about. I did, but the fact that you said it reminds me of reading the Iliad. Who was Brad Pitt's character? <laughs> you know, minds sometimes don't work as fast as we want That's them exactly to. Exactly what Homer had in mind when yeah. he was writing. It. One day, Brad Pitt will play this character, and he will be oily and delicious. I Which Homer? Anyway, no, 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 shut up. Right. Which Homer wrote this? So the idea I'm being so that yeah, that death comes for us all. So how do you achieve immortality? Right, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of Kelsier's. Uh, mode is you know achieving immortality and what you know but he kind of does it so what does he do with it I, yeah, I so know. yeah that that's one thing to to think about is the fact that maybe Brad uh, Pitt can I said Brad Pitt should play Kelsier <laughs> I said it uh, or maybe I said Lord Ruler uh, it doesn't he matter he should play Lord Ruler it, yeah. Brad it Pitt doesn't matter definitely be, or Christopher Walken but he <laughs> so we know a couple things about Kelsier is one obviously somehow he is uh, he's earned longevity some sort of longevity, whether it's immortality or just longevity, we don't know. But he's obviously lasted the 300 some odd years it's been since the Catasandra. Is that what they call it? I, I, I don't know. It's Catasandra. So he's lasted this long and he's been out working, things like that. So we got to figure out what's different about him. Besides and, the um, spike been, in his and left he's been eye. messing around with hemallergy. Yeah. Besides the spike in his left eye, that's different. That's yes. very different. So I I think we'll get a lot of those answers in the coming book. Um, I don't see a ton of point. I, um, it's all speculation here, and we can be really excited about this cool character coming back and everything. But there, uh, I think that there's enough other things going on in this book that merit. Uh, I agree. Uh, merit that there's so that much. There's so much driving to the next story in this at, at the very end. I mean, he did. He saved. Uh, a lot of that stuff for the bitter, bitter end. Mm-hmm. And we're talking like epilogue. Epilogue stuff, I, yeah. When we got to the end of the book proper, I didn't find myself caring all that much about what was going to come up in the next book. It was it was tied up, uh, wrapped yeah. up in a bow very neatly in the last chapter. And that was kind of, I felt like the purpose of the epilogue was to go, oh, no, I think we can squeeze a little more out of this <laughs> Wax and Wayne Brandon group. Sanderson does a magnificent job of giving an end credit scene, if you will, for every <laughs> okay. book. I mean, yeah. he just he just does. You yeah. you finish the if you were to finish the book and stop reading, you'd go, yeah, that was pretty satisfying. I can wait until the next one. But then he throws that little teaser on the end, and he's done it with he's done it with every book that I've read, and I am a fan and infuriated all at the same time because it just drives me nuts. I'm trying to remember back if because there's a couple that I'm not sure that that is. It, it's the case in terms of that it's the end of the book, but I don't know if it's held to the epilogue because I know I think back to. I believe in Well of Ascension, you get the I am free moment. Yes. Um, but then there, I think there's still something post after that. But for the most part, yeah, he writes in a very episodic styling yeah. where here's what's happened. We've wrapped this story up and here's your hook for next week. Yeah, uh, it's it's a and it's a it's a long it's a long appreciated, long used um, tool of authors. Um, Charles Dickens used it. Jules Verne used it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it used in the in the movie serials. Comic books have used it. Stanley made wonderful use of it for decades. Um, I and it's a and it's a principle that works. So, you know, once again, shout out to Brandon Sanderson for his masterful use of a technique that works without making it feel outdated or pandering or anything else. He's not throwing it in just to throw it in. He makes it work within the plot line of the stories that he's telling and. Makes it use makes it useful for himself no, and he, for us. He does. I, I, I'll talk about this uh, when we talk about secret history. But he has this 
sort of alchemical ability to mix two ingredients that you just never thought of before and get gold out of them. And in this case, it's it's what you're talking about, that kind of Stanley comic book, string you along uh, type of thing. And, and he combines it with the fantasy novel, uh, which I, I don't know if anybody's ever tried it. Uh, maybe they have, just not with any success, but he does it beautifully. There are some other authors that have that have done similar kinds of things. I'm thinking this whole Cosmere thing, um, not not just the not just his uh, playing with endings and making it episodic. I'm talking about the whole uh, the whole extended expanded universe. We might call it. I, I remember reading a uh, I believe it's a, a just a review posted on Goodreads or someone there, and the one of the lines in there that he writes is that Brandon Sanderson. Um, has accomplished in this generation one of the most difficult things that Tolkien ever put forward, and that was the idea of second creation. He's a, that he's yeah. been able to do that unlike any uh, unlike any other author currently writing. There's a um, I'm I'm thinking back to the Anne McCaffrey books that I that I read um, when I was younger, and how they if they were pretty sprawling. Um, as far as the story that they followed, and they eventually tied back to, um, they they tied back to an Earth in the future, um, and so a lot of her books were could be seen to be con- interconnected through her through the things that she did, but they weren't as obvious, and I don't think that they were at least based on what I've what what I'm experiencing, I don't think they were as uh, intricately woven from the beginning. Um, I, we're all aware, Brandon Sanderson, this this process. Uh, the Cosmere that Brandon Sanderson has, he's had it in mind. This is how he pitched the whole thing. Hey, I want to do this series, but it's not just this series. It's four series, and it's going to do this, and it's going to take the same magic system and use it all the way up from a fantasy setting all the way up through a science fiction setting. I mean, he, and, he, and he has not hidden the fact that that's the whole goal. Which, speaking of that 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 transition for the, the system, I feel that there's a point here in Bands of Mourning when, like, if you look at the the story progression it's a it's a slow hill upwards you know just things are going along well and then all of a sudden we hit this point and we take a sharp trajectory in terms of the use of allomancy sharp trajectory upwards yes um and it's specifically we're kind of working back from back to front wait um, wait say this again what so where's, where's the sharp jump so allomancy up to up to the airship here's the thing up to the airship, Allomancy has been slightly different, you know, in how they utilize it because of the tech that's around them. And then all of a sudden we have this whole new concept of identity-free metal mines. We have this ability to utilize uh, ships and everything. Like It's all of a sudden a sharp turn that Allomancy has taken this entirely is, new. This is Farukami, though, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, yes. Okay, the, no, that's what confused me. Well, it's not just Farukami. It's also Allomancy because it's um, Wax's push that they harness. Uh, yeah. But they, so it's it's both. It's the way that it's the way that his system, his magic system is used based on the idea of investiture and of being able to create some kind of a uh, a metal ability without investiture. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the piece that he's inserted in because the the grenade works not because of it's metal, but because it is blank of investiture. And so anybody can put anything into it. I would imagine that, I mean, I'm sure we're going to find more about different things that they can do with the medallions, but also with the grenade. That's, or the or the box or whatever it is that they're going to mm-hmm. wind up finally calling it. That's the piece that makes the difference. Is this, was it the nicrosil that yeah. is the metal that allows for mm-hmm. anybody to be able to use? Um, they had to make an it, alloy using uh, the nicrosil and whatever 
Alcides. Yeah. And now, now I wonder. Now with the uh, with Kelsier showing up in the epilogue, makes me wonder how much of this he taught to these people. Yeah, you remember he kept talking about hidden. He, the hidden the metal. hidden metals, and he was always searching. He for was, stuff. yeah, he was always experimenting with you know what metals can do new what alloys. Yeah, new alloys. Oh my so. gosh! I you know I finished this book a few days ago, and I'm just reblowing my mind. <laughs> um, I'm very very excited for the third one. How the fourth one? What? How do you guys feel about like about this new um, people use? Well, not the not the people. I, I we'll bring them into that. Okay, but the new uses for this for this magic because. Um, in my mind, I had said, okay, we know there's going to be four eras and we're in the second right now to get to the point where we're, where we're utilizing this magic system more along the lines for the eventual space travel and things like that, which we're all excited for. I, at first it took me by surprise, like really this early, this, that, this quick. I, I that's what I thought too. I like, wow, that escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I, th- but I think there's, there was actually some hints in there. Say Zed says a couple of times you were supposed to have, you, you remember there was a, yeah, a you're conversation. You're supposed to have the radio. You're supposed to have all you're these supposed things. To have television and all these things a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, and, and uh, this makes me think, wish now that I had read secret history before I came in here. Um, yeah. it, it makes me think that, that maybe there's, um, <gasps> maybe there's been, um, uh, activity that Kelsier has been doing to push this evolution ahead that has been hidden from Cezad. I don't, because... I don't know. I wonder about that. Uh, uh, it brings to mind some of the implications of who Kelsier is and what his work is, as Marsh puts it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsier has always been more ruin than preservation. And there's that moment in Shadows of Self when uh, Harmony is talking to Wax and he, he says exactly what you were talking about. You were supposed to have the radio, but I made your lives too, too easy. easy. I preserved things too well for you. Uh, and so I wonder if Kelsier is out doing his thing, creating chaos in a way, and that chaos, that uh, that ruin is what drives people forward. Uh, and forces them to find and create new things. Uh, something like that, maybe. I I would be I would be open to that. I would think that that might have part to do with it. I would. I, you just said you wanted to talk about the, the people, which the name I don't remember what was the name. Malwish. The Malwish. I am inclined to believe that because they are the people who have the airships and they they have this, and they're also the ones who kept saying that yeah, the Lord Ruler is the one who saved us. They, he got us from. He kept us from being cold. I am inclined to believe. That it's entirely possible that while Cezed or Harmony was focused on Elendel in the in that area, that Kelsier worked just quietly off to the side with the Malwish people to test some things, to work some things out, and to to save though that people. And that's why they've progressed so much more is because they don't have the they may not have the same blessing of of what Elendel is, where everything is provided for people. Like right. they right. may have. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. not so preserved. Well, yeah. and, and that's very much a that's that's very much a a piece that resonates with us, um, perhaps especially here in the West, uh, but I think that resonates with us as in in our current situation. We recognize that we need the struggle. That that most advances happen, uh, scientific advances, uh, medical advances. All of these things happen because we are struggling to overcome something. Um, it's not because everything's nice and easy that we come up with cool stuff. It's because we look at a problem, need to solve it, and we struggle. And that's what brings forth the the movement forward. Harmony mentions it uh, quite a few times, both in Bands of Morning and in Shadows of Self. Big on autonomy in both of those books. I, he's got... 
quotes all over the place saying it, it's vital that we discover things on our own. It's like a chicken break, or chick breaking out of its shell. If we don't struggle and learn on our own, we won't be strong enough to survive what's coming, which also begs the what's question, coming? what's coming? Twelve. And then we find the Malwish and they've got technology and suddenly... And we've got the set well, that has Trell. Yeah. Do we? Well, Do we? I don't know, but it sure looks I, it like it. It sounds more like Trell has the set. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it sounds like to me. By the well, way, by the way, the set, Mr. Suit, series, session. What what is what is this with the S? What is sequence? What is this? Come sequence, on. suit, set. Well, let's also remember Game set match. I, we're going back to the end of the book here in the epilogue, but the Demon representative, which hello, here's a whole new race of people we have to deal another, with. Another faceless another faceless one. Another, one. another faceless one comes in and says, um, "Well, Trell doesn't need the set anymore, so we're going to be okay." And then boom. So uh, you say, you know, the set hat, you know, the Trell has this. Trell has the set to use and lies and everything. I don't know that he does anymore. There might. I, I think that I, I would assume that in the next book, Wax will start by uh, chasing. Uh, what's what's his sister's name? Telson. Telson. Just like he said, she'll be his little rabbit and he'll chase after her. Uh, and then in the process, he'll discover that this goes far beyond what she ever imagined, oh, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Which, by the way, that concept of, you know, the faceless immortals that, that work or are Harmony's ears are not the only faceless immortals out there and well, they don't serve a good purpose. And see, here's the other thing that I was thinking about. You know, we when in the past... Um, in the in the first series, the hemallergic spikes um, were things that put you under the control of the Lord Ruler. The Chandra talk about the hemallergic spikes being things that put them under control or in close connection with harmony. But based on what we're seeing with the other spikes, I'm wondering if the hemallergic spikes that the set have been experimenting with um, and that Kelsier was working with don't have any connection at all to harmony. They have connection to perhaps this is where we're going to see Trell coming from, that that's where those spikes that are the new spikes that are being made are connected more to Trell. That's been my assumption since uh, Shadows since of Self, Shadows of Self with his uh, lady, lady love mm-hmm. with his uh, name. Yeah. I can't because remember. the one spike is that they are, they, they say this spike is one that we don't recognize. Yeah. We don't recognize yeah. There. And that's, yeah, that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty established connection that we have there that these spikes don't have anything to do with they don't uh, have anything to do with Sazed, but I or with Harmony, but I but I wonder what the connection is. I'm 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 feeling like it's connected to Trell so, rather than to Kelsier, I, but I wonder if that's a possibility. I'm de- I'm debating how much discussion I can have on this because I don't feel I feel it's there. Um, there's discussion about the the metal and souls are connected. Oh yeah, are, are yeah, made yeah, of the same. They're stuff. made of the same stuff. And so when you pierce the soul with things, you're able to imbue it with the abilities that are uh, part of the soul or part of the metal. And so what we have here is an, an unknown metal that is imbuing this the souls of a new creature here, which gives control to another. I, I don't know that... Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to get that there. I just don't know that there... I don't know that... We, perhaps we don't have enough information yet to say where that connection is going to really be at. Probably. We know that we know that in the past, and of, and of course, Brandon would say, "No, it's all right there. I've given you all the clues." And we're like, yes, yeah, he sure has. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he, you know, when when uh, I remember when Spook got stabbed through the 
uh, got stabbed with a sword that had pierced another person. You, a pewter. Yeah, yeah. He he was a pewter. Yeah, and, and for a bit. Yeah, and so he and and when we you know we I remember in our podcast we had said oh and now Spook is hearing voices and we know that that's always a good thing. Well, even better, um, he was hearing Kelsier, which all of a sudden what I. I, I it was not at first. He wasn't. No, at first he was hearing. Well, anyway, he's well. Uh, he was hearing who he thought who Ruin was he, was projecting that he was Kelsier. projecting as Kelsier, knowing uh, that was what. And now we've Ryan, got Ryan, Kelsier coming we, back. Should we do a little countdown? Like three, two, one. Wait, Wait until, until secret, secret history. history. Uh, these guys. Sorry, these guys. <laughs> so let's talk about fifty-six percent. Let's, let's I, talk about some other things. About I want to talk about um, actual things in this book, like how cool Wayne is. It wasn't just uh, a great connection to Cosmere stuff. It was also a really fun book in its own right. Uh, part of what I was talking about with the Indiana Jones thing. It was just a, it was fun, a great ride. fun adventure. Um, but let's talk about the characters as well. I I loved <laughs> Wax and Steris. Mm-hmm. She was so much fun, and I I kind of saw it coming when we we met her in Alloy of Law, and it's like, uh, who's this crazy I, grumpy woman? Uh, and it's you know, and and you think, oh no, maybe there's something more there. And this this book, yeah. she really came into her own. I I really enjoyed, especially toward the end when she talked about how. She had ranked everybody or rated everybody from one to a hundred on their, their she usefulness. Be, she because of course seven. She, she says, I'm a seven. And it, on the one hand, you want to just take her at her word and say, okay, no, you're a very analytical person. Uh, so yeah, you're probably a seven. But on the other hand, it becomes very apparent in this book that she's a much more emotional creature than she wants to let on. Yeah. Uh, and so when she oh, says, no, I'm just a seven. Yeah. It's more like it, you're you kind of ache for this woman who mm-hmm. has such a low opinion of herself and, uh, you know, and, and, and you want wax to, yeah. to help her make it right and help her see that, no, you are a very valued person in this story, in this group. I, I absolutely loved her character and what he did with her. Yeah. I do too. I I've been I've been on the uh, you know the the champion of the Steris fan club for a long time, and I just think she's a neat character. There's so many layers there. She's not nearly as stuffy and boring as she thinks she is. And I I think Wax saw it early on. I think they I think they make a great compliment for each other. And she she proved that she's more of more value than she's than she thinks. You know, at the very end, she saved or salvaged what was a very tenuous situation when they were trying to discuss who gets the airship, who gets the, the Lord Ruler's bands, who, you know, and, and she brokered that entire thing. Her value is not based simply on, on what metal you burn or what powers you have. It's based on how smart you are and how well you can think. And she creates a very unique dynamic. To Wait a minute. She, this is coming from Ken, yes. the punching guy. <laughs> wow. Right. Nicely also, done, Ken. Nicely done. Well, you know. Here's the thing, though, about that. She, when she does talk about, you know, the fact that she's a seven, in these, she, she does uh, modify it to be in these situations. But there are situations in which I am more useful, you know, with yes. the political. And I think we get to see that uh, when she, you know, when she is brokering the deal, when yeah. she gets to be the most important <laughs> Did person. Did you just ever. say brokering the deal? Yes. Or brokering. Bro- 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 it bro- it bro- sat bro- in the back bro- of my throat the whole way. never got past the lips. Brokering the deal. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) wow! But I I agree. That was a tangent. One of my favorite things uh, that I've found in the last probably year or so is watching someone who is a little more level-headed and normal than I am um, about science fiction and fantasy 
read these and get their perspective. So the, for me, that's my wife. Okay. Um, she just started Bands of Morning. I told her, I think you will enjoy this one a lot, a lot more because she then, got to, then Shadows of then Self. Shadows of Self. Yeah, she read Shadows of Self and she she's like, it's good. It's a good story and whatever. But I I knew that as soon as we got to be a little more connected with Steris that I think that she would find this story to be more enjoyable. And that's absolutely been the case so far. She's uh, in part two right now, I think. And she she told me that. She's like, you're right. I like this one a lot better than Shadows of Self already. And it's because... She has somebody to relate to. There's, a, there's a character in there that's that's not just that's that's the relatable person for the average human being is it is it that that person is relatable or that the relationship is also a key part of this because up until that moment not in wax. time <laughs> well but but what ain't, i'm ain't what that I'm, effect yeah um the, the the one thing that's taken a little while to develop within a, a little longer to develop in this was a significant human to human romantic relationship. Brandon yep. Sanderson isn't sappy with his with the romance that he inserts in it. He doesn't overdo it, he doesn't underdo it. He just lets it kind of evolve. But up until this point, we really haven't had much as far as human interaction between Wax and anybody else except Wayne. Um, most of yep. his interaction has been very utilitarian. It's not been about uh, two human beings and we we get why. Because in, in the very beginning of Alloy of Law, we get why. But I wonder if that's one of the pieces that also made this a more enjoyable book for her. Because I will admit, it made it a much more satisfying read for me as well. The one thing, so two things here. First, the I like how you talked about their uh, Steris and Wax's love story being pulled together. Because I feel like their story is a more real representation of how love comes to yes. be than the romantic adventure yes of, absolutely it oh, was yeah. this these people they've spent a lot of time together they start to notice what they appreciate about one another and how they they compliment one each other and you start to s- one each other uh, that, i was <laughs> just about to say that and i thought you know what i'm gonna let this one go <laughs> they start to <laughs> notice how they compliment one another <sighs> and that that appreciation starts to build and that's what builds the relationship that that foundation for wax to say you know what I do have feelings for this woman. I appreciate her. And now the thought of not having her bothers me. I, I realize I'm in love. That's yeah. that's a fantastic representation of more commonly what love really turns out to be. Um, the other thing is, is one of the themes about this book that I noticed that I think I appreciate after Alloy of Law and Shadows of Self is everything exists in Wax's shadow. Everything revolves around him in this. And it's starting to irritate the other characters. Right. It irritates Marisy. Um, Wayne has always been happy where he's at there. He's okay with it. He's not the target of the vol of bullets. But when once Wax is gone, you see what it does to Wayne and the realization that he's now... Yeah. He's, it's yeah. the fact that we are taking this because this series very much could just be called the Wax series. <laughs> the Wax Chronicles. But it's not. But it's not because now we're seeing these characters say, okay, you know what? I'm not just I'm not just a sidekick to Wax. I am my own person doing my own thing here. And that's why I think I loved Milan so much in Shadows of Self. Wait. Yes. 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 Yeah. yes. Okay. Sorry, I was Milan there and here. She is easily my in my top three favorite characters in yeah, the she's series. Fun. Because she's the one who really just doesn't care like Wax isn't holy to her in the least. And so the way she acts and the way she you know deals with things is very different, and I appreciated that. I 
I think she's also one of the funnier characters in there. Yeah. Oh, she brings a lot of humor. Yeah. Between so what, what do I need to wear tonight? Should I go large breasts, small breasts, <laughs> you're extra just, large breasts? You're just mad because you can't change yours. <laughs> <laughs> Even better, I've got it. I'll go as a dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. And then Marassi looking at Wayne. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's another. That's yeah. one of those sick relationships. Oh my you gosh, and you're like, Wayne. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Wayne and Milan. So I love it. Freaking funny. <laughs> I decided uh, it takes the it, it's not love stories I hate it just takes the right love story because wax and stairs I love that story I can't get enough of it mm-hmm. wait a minute wait a minute anyway so is the is the cold that resides in your chest melting and becoming a heart oh no there's there's no cold there it's just dark, it's just a void dark blank void yeah that's all right, all right. Uh, just takes the right love story to fill it apparently so anyway um, suit dies. Uh, did he, was his end fitting? I was happy to see. Him I, go. I thought oh, it was great. man, that was awesome. It was, yeah, it it was, was uh, especially because he's so self-important, and they're like, "No, you're not." Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, at the, at the very last minute, all of his self-importance and all of his all of his what he thinks of himself gets stripped away, and his realization is, "Oh crap!" And then he's gone. So the th- my thing was suits death. Um, I, I I was okay with it. I was I'm kind of I was expecting it as soon as I saw him right. kind of being. Talk to he's either going to be changed or destroyed. Speaking um, of changed, you, you'll serve in the next realm. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's get there. Let's, <laughs> let's let Ryan make his point. Um, the to me, the bigger moment is when Suit is beaten than when he dies. Sure. Um, I go back to, and this is me making a Lord of the Rings point. Saruman. Um, there's a moment when Saruman's beaten as this great power, and then there's the moment when he's killed once they they scour the Shire. And it's more pathetic than anything else. It's more pathetic, yeah. yeah. And that's more so how I felt. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's he's been beaten, and now he's gone. But the way that uh, Wax actually beats him, they get on you know common ground, in quotes, and he actually has to, to beat him. Um, I, I, I put common ground in quotes because we know that villains never work, never play fair. And so he... And neither do good heroes. Yeah, that's true. Shoot first, always. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so the fact that, you know, what Wax was able to beat him utilizing the one factor about him uh, that was more of his identity than anything else is Farukami and just made himself super heavy and just <laughs> crashed through everything. Yeah. That oh, was that awesome. Was, that was awesome. I, I, I appreciated defeating Suit and his plan more so than seeing him die. I, I can get on board with that. Um, so here's a, another question for you guys. Um, Wax dies yeah. and like straight up dies. He's crushed mm-hmm. by the rocks. He dies. And then he goes and meets Dumbledore on platform nine and three quarters. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and my question, so my question about this is um, that's obviously that's what it reminded me of because I am the Harry Potter generation. Right. But is this something that happens all the time, or you're going to find, Luke, that many of the truths we cling to depend upon our point of view? Okay, so anyway, <laughs> now that we're done with that, is, is this a, an event or a, a motif that happens a lot in other places that you guys are aware of? Because I couldn't think of anything else. I was just like, oh, hey, there's Harry Potter. Take the location out of it, and yes, what it is is it's a moment of choice uh, f- uh, between duty and reward. Um, there's plenty of stories out there of the hero has finished what they're supposed to do or or done what they're kind of done whatever they're looking to do and then they're given the option you know let your followers try and finish out whatever you're doing and you can go rest or go back because it, it, wax talks about it you know when he says 
he talks about it being a duty and Harmony calls him out on it and says, no, this isn't duty. This is, you know, this is something, and I wish I could remember the phrasing or where it is to, to find it, but, and Wax is, is given the option to make that choice. I think that motif of a choice of doing what doing what you feel needs to be done versus doing what you want to do doing what you want to do is very common um but the the space in between life and death uh that's hit or miss whether right i don't think that's you know it's too it, common. it very much is a uh it very much is an outgrowth of um western christian literature uh and i don't mean western christian as in the united states west i mean western christian as in as opposed to eastern uh, from from our perspective, from our planet, from our planetary perspective. Okay, sweet Moses, I think we got it. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Um, <laughs> Western civilization. Sorry, um, one of those things that's left over from. Sorry, too many tangents. Um, but but it's very much a Western Christian perspective. Um, this idea that there is a that there is a uh, an awareness, a, a maintaining of an, the integrity of the self past the next life that there is a uh, for many people um, and we have that doc- we, we have the stories that um, constantly circulate um, in human interest stories and fluff pieces that are done on just about every news channel except for CNN that talk about um, the, the the long tunnel and the light and I had my choice and I could come back um, it, it's very it's something that feels very familiar to us as readers I wonder if that piece would feel as familiar to someone outside of our cultural background. Mm-hmm. Eh, maybe not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, but I, think I have with no Harry answer. Potter is read across the universe now. So well, and and with that and with that insertion, that may be the thing that holds it together. Having said that, I think that every religion has this idea of a continuity of self into the next life. And the ability for that connection to continue to exist. So it probably, in in many ways, is a uh, a manifestation of the fact that we all feel like there's something more to our lives than just the time we spend here. Right, like Brad Pitt taught us. <laughs> in oh in Joe Black, you put Brad Pitt back <laughs> into this conversation. I couldn't help it. I love somebody. Brad, give me a nail and I love put Brad the nail Pitt. in Brad Pitt's can't, coffin. Can't you see his dreamy Brad Pitt hair that he's yeah, growing? Well, out? actually, I can't see that. His hair is so much like Brad Pitt's. Brad Pitt called and wants it back. <laughs> Did you come up with that all by yourself? Just on the spur of the moment. That's okay? amazing, Todd. Yeah, well, I'm just waiting for you, you to should, grow the Brad. You Pitt You should do beard. this for a living. Hey, you know what I learned from. Uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Can we talk about how cool Wayne is now? Can we okay. talk about the punching? Let's talk about some punching, shall we? Oh, is that what you want to talk about? Punching? Wayne punching stuff? I love the... Oh, my gosh. Wayne... When <laughs> when Wayne blows off... What's <laughs> when Wayne show? blows off uh, Telson's face. That oh, was pretty good. That was pretty good. The the great the great moment uh, thing about that moment is it was Wayne overcoming something, which was yep. really cool. He was like, you know, it's really... Uh, able to hold again a badass again. moment of him to do that but then to realize you know because doing that i i would expect that wayne is a different character afterwards if it weren't for the fact that then he comes back and says yeah i saw the gold band i knew i knew she'd be okay <laughs> it's like okay so you're and he not says, it was a shotgun that doesn't really count <laughs> right yeah it, you're not you're not as changed as i expected you to be coming out of this because you saw your way out it was more of a just a therapeutic shooting in the face than anything else. <laughs> Every, everybody needs a good therapeutic shooting in the face once in a while. Yeah, but I... Preferably in Reno, just to watch them die. Right. Here's Thank the, you, Johnny. Oh, with a Nerf gun. Thank you very much. The thing, like, I love Wayne. 
he's hilarious and he is but he's also a I don't want to say a grounding character because that certainly doesn't feel right. <laughs> he is he's the definitely... other corner of the really odd triangle between Wax Steris and Wayne. He's definitely he... a lightning factor. A lightning factor? Lightning. Not lightning. Lightning factor. Lightning. I was like, he... you'll have to explain, man. He's levity. How's but that? I think Wax needs, Wax needs certain people in his life to help him maintain balance, to ma- help him figure things out. And Wayne is one side of it, and Steris is now the other. And that's why the two of them don't get along at all, um, is because they're both trying to provide Wayne with the other side Wax. of the... Li- or sorry, Wax, with the other side of life that he needs. You know, Wayne's like, you can't be just the the city lord and everything. You can't do that. That's not you. And Steris is like, you have responsibilities. You need to take care of these things, but I'm not going to take away who you are from this. And Wayne mean, learns to do that too. Right. You mean it's like your new wife your, or your wife My saying new wife? to you? <laughs> Sorry. How did that happen? <laughs> it's, Honey? It's, it's like your wife right after the marriage saying, I'm not going to say that you and the boys can't play video games anymore. Just try and keep it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sure. Here's, right. Your buddies that, are saying, dude, happens. what happened to you? Ever since you got married, you never play video games anymore. But here's the thing. Like Wayne has... Early on in the book, we see that Wayne still has an issue with this and I love it. I love that he's not just whatever Rolling Wax says. Yeah. You know, Wax wants it, therefore it is. You know, he's he he does not worship me because what does he do? He, he knocks over he a knocks water, over tower water tower. Yeah. To ruin the wedding. <laughs> to ruin ceremony, the wedding. Which is what, the second or third time they had tried to to do something? <laughs> so I I appreciate that. And and Wayne is a fantastic he's a fantastic funny character and he's got great relationships with um Milan and Steris and even his few interactions with Marisi when they're out on their own are kind of fun. By the way, uh, the water tower thing, I, I loved, this is just kind of a side note, because it puts closure to the whole wax and Marisi. Ooh, can yeah. they? Will <sighs> Closes that right off. Thank goodness. I'm, I'm I, now oh. in the camp that I'm okay with. I, I'm very happy and very good with the idea that that's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. Just, uh, the thought of the love triangle drawing on too long. I wonder oh. if... Um, oh. I wonder what he'll do, Brandon will do with Marisi, because when so often we're used to a situation like this, looking at the characters and saying, okay, so who are they going to end up with? I mean, I, I mean, Ross got Rachel and Chandler got Monica and you know what I mean? So everybody's got to pair off. And I wonder if he'll take the, the more mature route and say, you know what, at least for this story arc, not to say that she never will, but, but for this story, she doesn't need to end up with somebody. She's nah, her she, own she, person. She's going to hook up with that Maui kid. I was going to say, she, oh, she does true. get a, she does have a romantic inkling, inkling there. Yeah. But the fact is, is that's not, it's not a main plot driver. It's not a main point. It's, yeah. not the crux it's a reward of the or a benefit of, of the adventure that she's on. And I wouldn't be surprised to see, that piece included and incorporated into the next book or, or, you know, further on. But I, again, it won't be a main plot driver. Included, but not important. Yeah. Uh, the more I, I think about, the more I think about Marisi, the more I see shadows of spook in Marisi's character. Um, always, uh, always a little underplayed, always in the shadows, always near, but never, never completely involved in what was going on. Um, but as we get to the, as we get to the epilogue and she starts talking about, you know, she will find these answers. I, I, I feel very much, and I'm hopeful, um, that, and, and, fairly confident because Brandon, because of Brandon Sanderson's, um, skill and, and invest, 
invested nature in the Cosmere. That investiture. I was going <laughs> to say that, there. but I did, but I stopped myself. <laughs> um, that I that I think that what we're seeing is that she's we're 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 priming the stage for her to be able to take over a much more active role in the next book, and I'm very hopeful that that occurs. Did anybody else see the the Marisi Vin comparison when she takes up the band? Oh in the yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that so, was I nice. Mean, that was, she takes up that power and she uses it and just starts wiping people clean. And oh my gosh, look at all the stuff I can do. And then she realizes this isn't this mine. This isn't to me. Hold. This yeah. isn't me. This and she gives me. it up. I'm like, well, that takes strength too. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a unique strength. And um, I'm glad you you came back to that moment with the bands of morning because for all of the other talk we've talked about, we haven't really hit on what the the driving force of this is, and that's to find this these bands and what they mean. Because everything that's revealed in terms of the discussion of what we're, what are they trying to do? What is the ultimate goal of the, the set and what they're trying to do here? They're trying to create an Allomancer army, essentially, that they don't have to... They're not breeding them. We talked to you know, we were like, they're trying to breed them or whatever. Nope. They're trying to create them by creating identity-free objects that can carry this. this. And so I'm very interested to see, now that we know... That statue is Kelsier, that he must have found the Bands of Mourning because you say that he, we assume, I'm going to say that we assume that he found the Bands of Mourning. I'll buy, I'll buy that. Yeah. Um, but it's entirely, I believe it's He could have made his own. Made his own. Yeah. Um, I'm very, I don't know, I had some issues in that temple. Um just I got I got. You mean other than the fact that Wax was able to figure out the uh, mathematical combination for all of the traps? <laughs> no, not that. More along the lines of, oh, really? They did two separate fake sets of bands, and uh, okay, whatever. I don't know. That was my like my one moment in that whole thing that I was like, eh, okay. Yeah, it was my. Uh, that was the last. Uh, it na- was a fake again. That was the last nail in the. Uh, this is Indiana Jones mm-hmm. uh, concept. Um, when he first of all the traps, uh, and then the you have chosen. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was was very very Indiana Jones. Um, yeah. The the anything else we want to say about Bands of Mourning? Oh, it's about time for final thoughts anyway. So, uh, final thoughts on Bands of Mor- the Bands of Mourning, or anything else? I I thought they were awesome. My my favorite part of the whole book, by the way, Wayne throwing walnuts at the pictures. <laughs> what the was it? oh the with the uh the slide projector yeah, just a little throwing walnuts just to see if they're real and then he throws walnut at the head of the chondra because you because he's wayne you know <laughs> you relate to wayne quite well don't you i i love wayne i you know i, I want to be wax but really i'm probably more wayne yes you are and i'm more mercy <laughs> yes you are <laughs> i'm i'm milan because my breasts just keep getting bigger and bigger all the time <laughs> Wow, so. I'm just walking away from this oh. conversation. So, so I that's yet such again, a sterist thing to say. Yeah, oh, we'll talk later. Um, I'm I'm always impressed with with some of the insights that Brandon Sanderson weaves through weaves through his books, and this was one that I really enjoyed because people were people, and if there was one thing you could count on, it was that some of, that some of them would be weird. Or rather, that all of them would be weird when the circumstances happen to align with their own individual brand of insanity. I love his play with words and his insights because I've been saying that for years. It's the mark of a good author, right? Understanding people and being yep. able to communicate it. Yeah, it's uh, several of those. I'm like, oh. So He's full, his books are full of those. My, my final thought uh, for this, 
I don't, it's a critique, I'll say. This series has felt different than any of his other series because it's been more episodic than a large, than large uh, story. Um, simply because we get a, we've got a complete story. Big, big in picture, si- is that what you're trying to say? Kind of. So like in Alloy of Law, we wrap up the entire story. In Shadows of Self, we wrap up the entire story. There's still an, uh, we get a hint at this overarching presence of Trell and everything that's right. that's, that's kind of connecting them all. It's Indiana but they're Jones all, and the blank. Yeah, exactly. It's all those pieces. And for me to want this, I, I'm interested to see how he makes this overarching uh, issue dealing with Trell relevant in this third book. And I'm going to assume that he wraps it up in the next one. He could carry it on into the next era, I guess. But that being said, that's... <laughs> It doesn't matter. It seems with Brandon Sanderson, he doesn't have a lot of space to wrap up a really big piece. But that hasn't been a problem for him in the past. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, he can do it in 15 pages once he sets up all the puzzle pieces, and we never know when he's done that. So, yeah. Um, speaking of which, my final thought will be uh, uh, when when he and his team, Wax and his team, find the ship out in the middle of the desert, basically. Uh, and they get into this warehouse and, oh, it's a ship and it's got these pontoons and it's this technology we've never seen before. I was so excited. And this kind of goes along with the point that you just made, Ryan. I was so excited for this to be uh, part of the bigger Cosmere. And, oh, my gosh, this ship, it's got to be from the Elantrians or something and it's get you know and then it would turned out to be these people from the north from the same planet and I was so disappointed (laughs) (laughs) and they were great don't get me wrong I mean they were great characters and it it, you know opens up all sorts of fun possibilities for future stuff but uh, I I guess I'm just it it goes back to what you've been saying for the last two years Ryan Mm. which is read Stormlight Archives before I kill you Craig (laughs) Um, it's so you know, I'm sure it'll change when I get there, but I'm just so excited to to make all these pieces fit together and uh, see the big picture of the Cosmere. So, yeah, to give everyone something to look forward to, the word perpendicular is going to change for you soon. <laughs> oh gosh, very excited. Okay, so we let's wrap it up, you guys. Uh, Ryan says, "Remember the word perpendicular." I say, "I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm excited to." Uh, and uh, as a reminder of what's coming up next. Uh, we're for now stepping out of well no not stepping out of the Mistborn because we're going to do secret history and and that'll air a week from this one uh but then after that we are going to step away from the Mistborn uh universe and go out of the Cosmere entirely we're going to be reading the uh Reckoners series so start up on that start reading Steelheart uh they're fun quick uh they're not very big books but they're uh, they're more geared toward young adults uh, so they're a little simpler, uh, but just a rip-roaring good time. I can't recommend them highly enough. Uh, so enjoy reading those, and we'll start podcasting about those in the next month or two. And we'll see you all then. Have a good one, everybody. See you.